republished and reported by uairwithinthenorms.com. Norman J. Clement RPH, DDS, Norman L. Clement Farm Tech, Malachi F. McCandle Farm D, Belinda Brown Parker, in the spirit of Joseph Salvo Esquire Incorporated.T. Spirit of Rev. In the spirit of Walter R. Clement B.S., M.S., M.B.A. Harvey Jenkins M.D., Ph.D., in the spirit of C.T. Vivian, Jelani Zimbabwe Clement, B.S., M.B.A., in the spirit of the Han. Patrice Lumumba, in the spirit of Erlen Clement S.R., Walter F. Ren III, M.D., Julie Killingsworth, Renee Blair, R.P.H., D.R. Terence Sasaki, M.D. Leslie Pompey M.D., Christopher Russo, M.D., Nancy Seafield, Willie Gignard B.S., Joseph Webster M.D., M.B.A., Beverly C. Prince M.D., Fax, Neil Arnand, M.D., Richard Call, M.D., Leroy Baylor, J.K. Joshi M.D., M.B.A., Adrienne Edmondson, Esther Hyatt Ph.D., Walter L. Smith B.S., in the spirit of Brom Fisher Esquire, Michelle Alexander M.D., Kudjo Wilding B.S., Martin Njoku, B.S., R.P.H., in the spirit of Deborah Lynn Shepard, Barris E. Muchet, Strategic Advisors. Papa's got a brand new bag. Beware. Rebecca Delfino Associate Dean of Clinical Programs and Experiential Learning, Law Professor and Director of Moot Court Programs, Misinformed and Misguided Pain Care Policies. From Yale Law and Policy Review. Spring 2023. Inter alia. The Misinformed and Misguided Prescription Abuse Prevention Act, a response to Delfino. Tuesday, February 7, 2023, 10:45 a. Robert Capetai Lupo and Jacob James Rich. The opioid crisis continues to ravage communities across the United States, which has motivated policymakers to seek interventions that reduce reckless medical practices that put patients in danger of addiction. In her Yale Law and Policy Review article, The Prescription Abuse Prevention Act, a new federal statute to criminalize overprescribing opioids, Rebecca A. Delfino proposes novel legislation to reform how the federal government prosecutes doctors who overprescribe controlled substances. However, many of the statistics Delfino cites to justify her legislation, such as, S of any percent of, opioid overdose, deaths involve an opioid that a doctor legally prescribed, are not supported by the literature. This comment corrects the errors presented in Delfino's article and presence novel data describing the origins of the opioid crisis. According to the National Household Survey on Drug Abuse, NSTA, Purdue Pharma's OxyContin was rarely used for non-medical purposes in the late 1990s and early 2000s. Overall, given that opioid prescribing has decreased every year over the past decade, further reductions in prescribing that follow Delfino's proposed Prescription Abuse Prevention Act may further exacerbate opioid overdoses by orienting both pain patients and recreational users to illicit alternatives, like heroin and fentanyl. Introduction The opioid crisis continues to ravage communities across the United States. In 2020, a record 91,799 people died of a drug overdose. One, with 68,630 of these deaths attributed to opioids. 2. Even as policymakers appropriate unprecedented resources to reduce drug-related mortality. 3. The overdose crisis persists with no end in sight. In her Yale Law and Policy Review article, The Prescription Abuse Prevention Act, a new federal statute to criminalize overprescribing opioids, Rebecca A. Delfino proposes novel legislation to reform how the federal government prosecutes doctors who overprescribe controlled substances. 4. According to Delfino, her Prescription Abuse Prevention Act, PAPA, would improve on current law by offering a more specific and contextual legal framework focused on the expertise of the medical prescriber. 2. Provide much-needed clarity in the law, 
thereby allowing legitimate prescribers to continue to treat patients in pain. 5. While PAPA has the noble intention of punishing doctors who knowingly overprescribe drugs that cause the death of a patient, its unpredictable implied malice standard 6, will only further breed uncertainty for physicians. 7. In turn, as physicians indiscriminately reduce prescribing to avoid potential liability under PAPA, legitimate patients who can no longer access opioids legally may turn to the black market to meet their medical needs, increasing their risks of overdosing on more dangerous opioids like heroin and illicit fentanyl. 8. Because PAPA fails to clarify the criminal liability standard for physicians, it will not ameliorate the opioid crisis and may very well exacerbate it by orienting both medical and recreational users to the illicit market. Many of DeFino's assertions regarding the evolution of drug regulation in the United States are either inaccurate or lacking nuance. For example, the article states that the Opium Exclusion Act of 1909 was the first government regulation of opioids. Delfino, Supra Note 4, at 354. While this law was the first federal prohibition on opiate use, Congress had previously regulated opiate availability through taxation and tariffs. See Audrey Redford and Benjamin Powell, Dynamics of Intervention in the War on Drugs, the build-up to the Harrison Act of 1914, 20 Indep. Rev. 509, 512-17, 2016, and state and local governments had already begun to outlaw opium by the end of the 19th century. See Gregory E. Mark, Racial, Economic and Political Factors in the Development of America's First Drug Laws, 10 Issues Criminology 49, 61-63, 1975. Delfino also wrongly states that in 1938, Congress created the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, to monitor and regulate drugs and their safety before sale in the United States. Delfino, Supra Note 4, at 355. While the FDA was granted additional regulatory power over food, cosmetics, and drugs in 1938, see Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, Pub. L. No. 75-717, 52 Stat. 1040, 1938, the agency existed as the United States Department of Agriculture Bureau of Chemistry since 1862 and took on its modern incarnation in 1906 with the adoption of the Pure Food and Drug Act. Pure Food and Drug Act, Pub. L. No. 59-384, 34 Stat. 768, 1906, Milestones in U.S. Food and Drug Law, U.S. Food and Drug Admin. January 31, 2018, https colon about FDA, FDA history slash milestones us food and drug law, https colon perma.cc slash I, correcting the record on the opioid crisis. Before turning to how PAPA could yield harmful unintended consequences, we would first like to address the errors in Delfino's article that mischaracterize the nature and causes of the opioid crisis. Because the article's policy prescription relies on the premise that the all-too-common conduct, of, over-prescribing opioids, 9, is a leading cause of overdose mortality, 10, it is necessary to evaluate the validity of this claim. This premise is more tenuous than Delfino suggests. Beyond hair-splitting over the article's at times inaccurate history of American drug policy, 11, we are concerned with its problematic mischaracterization of the rise of opioid prescribing in the United States and the state of the relevant literature discussing addiction, especially that which was available in the 1990s when OxyContin first entered the market. Like many popular accounts of the opioid crisis, 12, Delfino claims that the now infamous Porter and Jick Study 13, laid the groundwork for the marketing practices that spawned the opioid crisis in the United States. 14. 
while Porter and Jick's letter to the editor in the New England Journal of Medicine itself presents insufficient evidence to support the efficacy of opioid treatments, and was incautiously misrepresented by pharmaceutical companies to minimize the risk of addiction in the use of opioids, 15 Delfino is wrong to suggest that there was a dearth of peer-reviewed replicable scientific research and clinical studies on the efficacious applications of opioids. 16. Criminalization of Pain Care and Doctors in America, American Agony by Helen Bopperl RN, PhD challenges DEA DOJ targeting of patients being treated for pain. From Wayock Radion, Atlanta, GA March 16, 2023 Pain Care Providers Targeted. In fact, many studies published before the introduction of OxyContin in 1996 supported Porter and Jick's findings that opioid addiction is rare in medical patients with no history of addiction. 17. More recent research has supported the specific claim that the rate of addiction for patients prescribed opioids with no history of substance abuse is less than 1%. 18. However, Delfino characterizes the literature in the 1980s and 1990s as a research gap filled to a large extent by the Porter and Jick letter and blames, t he diminished role of the federal government in funding drug science. 19. Neither of these statements is true. In addition to the aforementioned literature indicating the efficacy of opioids during this period, Funding for the National Institutes of Health, the government agency responsible for medical research, quadrupled between 1980 and 1999. 20. If you torture the data for long enough, you can make them say anything. I believe that is exactly what US CDC and DEA have been doing with their deliberate conflation and mischaracterization of research results on medical prescribing versus opioid-involved overdose mortality. Richard Lawhern, PhD. As much of the literature from both the late 20th century and the present day share the letter's conclusion that the development of addiction is rare in medical patients with no history of addiction, 21, it is inaccurate for Delfino to describe this letter as the preeminent source of the Academy's understanding of opioids without acknowledging the breadth of the relevant literature. 22. Though Porter and Jick's study was not especially rigorous, Delfino's neglect of considering more thoroughly researched findings from that period renders her account of the evidence used to justify early opioid prescribing incomplete. Indeed, Delfino's focus on the relationship between physician prescribing and opioid misuse might lead one to believe that non-medical pain reliever use, the type of opioid abuse that is related to overprescribing, has been increasing for some time. On the contrary, Non-medical prescription pain reliever use has remained overly stable for at least the past two decades. 23. Although OxyContin was introduced in 1996 and Purdue Pharma's marketing campaign subsequently increased its market share within the industry of pain relievers that contain oxycodone, 24. Only 9.0% of all non-medical opioid users in 2001 reported ever using OxyContin during their lifetime. 25. A review by Kolodny et al describes a rise in non-medical opioid use following the introduction of OxyContin, with over 2.5 million people initiating first use of opioids in 2001. 26. However, much of this reported rise was likely due to major changes in survey methodology 27, and any real change would have been almost entirely driven by codeine, which 71.9% of past-year non-medical prescription opioid users reported using during their lifetimes in 2001. 28. Indeed, this reported spike in non-medical pain reliever use was accompanied by new developments in the entertainment industry said to glamorize and promote the mixture of codeine with soft drinks, 29, which motivated the Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA, to indict a group of medical professionals for illegally distributing 1.4 million tablets of hydrocodone and 2,100 gallons of promethazine with codeine in 2004. 30. The DEA has acted as an unregulated medical agency policing medical facilities and medical practices without legal standards and grounds and the DEA administration court system body, 
which operates within the Department of Justice, DOJ, as a runaway unconstitutionally entity, and immune to all laws of governance to all courts within the justice system. Overall, it is not clear that non-medical opioid use has significantly changed since 1990. Even if the one reported spike in non-medical pain reliever use between 1999 and 2001 was not entirely due to changes in survey design, this increase was not due to OxyContin exposure. See Jacob James Rich and Robert Capodi Lupo, Opioid Prescribing Mediating State Policy Intervention Effects on Drug Overdose Mortality, at 4, Unpublished Manuscript, https colon slash slash doi.org slash 10.1101.05.13.2125709, https colon slash slash perma.cc slash 5vnjsjy5, here and after Rich and Capodi Lupo, PDMP Letter. See also Jacob James Rich and Robert Capodi Lupo, Prescription Drug Monitoring Programs, PDMP Effects on Opioid Prescribing and Drug Overdose Mortality 18-19, Reason Found, Poly Stud, 2021, https colon slash slash reason.org slash WP content slash upload slash prescription drug monitoring proger, https colon slash slash perma.cc slash PLS3G82C, here and after Rich and Capodi Lupo, Policy Study, Though reductions in prescribing seem to contribute to increases in black market deaths, we do find strong evidence that they are associated with reductions in prescription opioid deaths. Be it these small reductions are dwarfed by the massive increase in illicit opioid deaths. For now, you are within. You are within the norms.com. Let's no longer be fooled by a beautiful and smile. Healthcare is a right and pain treatment is a healthcare right. The norms. Reference. While it can be argued that all medication is important. However, I believe the most important medication was morphine. Because drugs containing the morphine molecule have been blamed for addiction and drug overdose deaths the value and life-saving properties have been overlooked. Millions of individuals have survived traumatic injuries and are able to carry out their activities of daily living. If looked at honestly the benefits far outweigh the few instances of addiction, 1%, and overdose deaths. Stop demonizing opiates because some individuals choose to abuse substances that leads to their death. Remember 450,000 people die from tobacco-related causes and 100,000 from alcohol-related causes. Walter F. Wren, 3, M.D. Arcos Retail Drug Summary Reports, Supra Note 39, see also Bionque Liet Al, Systematic Evaluation of State Policy Interventions Targeting the U.S. Opioid Epidemic, 2007-2018, 4 JAMA Network Open E2036687, at 7-9, 2021. Providing statistical evidence for the claim that illicit opioid overdose deaths increase in the wake of interventions to control opioid prescriptions. Rich and Capodi Lupo, PDMP Letter, Supra Note 38, at 2, despite a 57.4% decrease in opioid prescriptions from pharmacies since a peak in 2012, the opioid death rate has increased 105.8% through 2019, as the share of those deaths involving fentanyl increased from 16.4% to 72.9%. Donate Legal Defense or send. $100, $250, $500, $1,000. To Zell 3135103378. Or. Cash app colon dollar doc norm. Will Rogers underscore. The problem ain't what people know. It's what people know that ain't so that's the problem.